0: listening to Not Another Origin Story, the podcast where we separate the gifted comic book movies from the not-so-gifted. I'm your host, Pogues. I'm joined by Xavier School's professor of anal mutations, Ben Chapman. You son of a bitch. How how long ago did you think that one out? Shortly after you said, let's do X-Men, because I don't know if you realized on the Batman episode, I referred to you as Gotham's assistant DA. Yeah, I heard that one. So my goal is just to have a different profession for you each time we love it love it and is it just me with us pogues no we are joined by our first guest ever uh naos's very own comic book man i'm gonna say tom Mm -hmm. morrison who i hope is how you say his last name because i didn't ask welcome tom yeah
1: morrison is good
0: (laughs) hi all right Um, tom's gonna be our comic
2: book guru uh as someone who worked at uh graham cracker correct yeah for how many years
1: oh you never really leave. Yeah. Uh, Are you still
2: there, really? It's like, like the Mafia?
1: I know you're still at, at the a, record shop. Every time, you, every time you leave, they pull you right back in. <laughs> uh, it runs deep. Nah, uh, I don't know, at least five years, maybe yeah. more.
2: Yeah, He's probably the most knowledgeable person when it comes to factoids about comic books, so I thought, what more relevant than to uh, add to the duo of two cynical assholes making fun of comic book movies, needlessly to no one.
0: Well, this is the movie we're going to need the most background for uh... Oof. comic book knowledge because the x-men is like a soap opera you're starting early with the criticism <laughs> i don't mean the movie i mean the comic book series it's oh that's true
1: s- it's yeah, so exactly.
0: convoluted <laughs> so much backstory so that's true uh ben brought up that one of the one of the issues people might have had with our batman episode was we sort of just took a big you know bat dookie on the batman franchise deservedly yes on that film it's horrible but we never did express that one of the reasons we were both kind of harsh on those films is we both love batman Mm -hmm. and that's the reason we were so harsh on that film is because batman as a character in those movies comes off terrible so he thought it'd be a good idea before we come in and start shitting on this film because that's gonna happen we should point out what the x-men has meant to us or if we're fans of it and i am of course at the age that uh The X-Men, to me, mostly means 1990, uh, Jim Lee, Mm -hmm. awkward costume design, and the animated series. Yeah, That, that sums it up for probably a lot of us.
1: I'm I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about Bat Dookie and that's a perfect chance to use guano instead. <laughs> you know, I was gonna do that. Thanks for pointing it out, Tom.
0: I appreciate it. <laughs> this is a good start. I, I love was af- it. <laughs> i was afraid that I was gonna say the wrong word, so I was trying to not have to edit the podcast more, but thanks for pointing out my shortcomings, buddy. Ben I think, I think if you Google synonym for guano, you definitely get the word bat dookie, so yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're good. I think you're good. Thanks for inviting this guest, man.
2: Yeah. No, I, I really have a whole list on my wall right now of people I think will do a really good job at just shutting you down publicly. <laughs>
0: okay, thanks. <laughs> That's what I needed was to record my failures.
2: Absolutely. But no, to this to point, I did really want to talk about like what uh, this series and what future series when we do different movies mean to you because some people going into something like, you know, Blade, you might not... Like, personally, I don't have any connection to the Blade comic, so when we do
1: Blade, I'm not going to have, like, Oh, they ruined Blade.
2: But X Men, however,
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was under, understanding like you wanted to go for like the the main thoroughfare for the Marvel movies for right now, yeah.
2: yeah but yeah. we're gonna jump around, okay? I, I want to show our range, so our um, range, yeah, range with an X, yeah,
0: yeah. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna shit on even more obscure films. Yeah. so eat it.
1: You like an indie comic book movie? Well, we're gonna trash it. Well, like you know, the start of the modern Marvel universe would be the Howard and Duck film. Technically, yes. <laughs>
2: Chronologically, yes. But I, I think I think we're going with the idea that. When it comes to forward momentum into superhero movies, uh-huh. I think X Men's gonna be your lead in for that one. Yeah, I yeah. was gonna say,
0: there's like almost, I think, like 12 years or something in between Howard the Duck and Blade. So, yeah. and yeah, I, it's I like 16 in between Howard the Duck and X Men.
2: But X Men for me is huge. Uh, you're totally right in calling it a soap opera, but I am utterly uh, obsessed with the X Men. However, my background is spotty, I'll admit. You know, I watched the TV show, I read some of the original origin storybooks. My mom was a. And still is a librarian, so when I was younger, she would always um, bring me those, you know, what are those anthologies of the original, like,
1: issues? Yeah, issues talking about the CD-ROM versions? Oh, those
2: huge, th- thick, like, gigantic books. That the just, black like, and white ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those those
1: are called Marvel Essentials. The, yeah, those
2: ones. Mm-hmm. I, I read through the Marvel Essentials for many of them, but the, my favorite by far was the original X-Men. We're talking Banshee. We're talking all of those
0: original right. characters. So, uh
2: you know, I mean, I Banshee
0: don't... technically wasn't original X-Men, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, he was on team two.
2: Oh, that's right yeah well yeah that's
1: right guess who got shut down now
2: <laughs> this is gonna happen a lot like I said my x-men is spotty but I some of my favorite work is x-men related I mean I love obviously the TV show the uh, the anime and television show I love some of the, the original essentials um, mm-hmm. I love some of the the hardcore late 80s 90s stuff um, um, oh man uh, God loves man kills is that it is yeah, it? yeah and, uh, and like those storylines hugely into. I'm just impressed to personally with the level of social commentary X-Men has in the way that a lot of other comics can't pull off was, or don't.
1: It was built around that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely. Um, Stan Lee was, was frustrated with not being able to tell his deepest stories he wanted to. So he was able to layer things like that and yeah. social injustice on top of the X-Men because uh, it was much more easier to Apply these issues to a mutant, somebody who's non-human. Oh, totally. Somebody who's obviously different. Um, and have it be accepted by publishers than to, you know, a human character.
2: Yeah, they're the perfect ciphers for a number of... Just just name an ethnicity or a minority and they can take nice. on some of... Okay. Well... <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you may have got me there on technicality. But to that point, uh, uh, a lot of them are mysteriously very, very white all the time, which is a strange choice. Or to like make. half white. <laughs> or like half white. Or as we discussed in our mini episode, characters like Psylocke, who are uh, an Asian woman with a British woman
0: inside of her. Yeah, she's a, she was a,
1: the body. <laughs> which is, is not Asian as hot as you think it is. <laughs>
2: not as hot as I was suggesting. Well, the way it, it
1: sounds, you're into it.
0: But...
1: <laughs> and she's a lot older than her body is, too uh which is uh, another thing that kind of gets that's never up. hot oh yeah and her, her name's like betsy oh <laughs> yeah betsy bad or Betsy a good psylocke yeah. yeah nice so like um yeah <laughs> oh, and her, her brain got transferred into uh a hand ninja assassin oh yeah so of course you know upgrade possibly <laughs> yeah Who i would knows? say so from, yeah. from a uh, a casual
2: white woman named Betsy to an Asian assassin with a uh, uh, knife, knife hands. Right.
1: And
0: psychic knife hands. Is yeah. pretty sweet.
1: You know, added another, who knows, 20, 30 years to your natural life cycle. Not too shabby. Mm-hmm.
0: Psychic knife hands was the name of my band in high school.
1: Yeah,
2: stop bringing up all your ba- high school bands. <laughs> i'm wearing the t-shirt right now actually
0: awesome yeah i didn't know we printed one so Poe, what about you i mean do you have any connection to x-men are you a huge I, fan do you, do you, do you, i mean I, I in the 90s i read them i read the jim lee stuff uh, i loved i was one of those people who loved jim lee i love the the blue and yellow cyclops costume even though it's just ridiculous yeah i love all those like I mean, I know in this day and age it's not really a good thing, but I love, like, sort of the old, like, ultra sexualized look, but not just for the women. Like, every character Jim Lee drew in those was, like, looked like they were naked and somebody had just painted, like, the outline of clothing on them. Even Xavier (laughs) looks like he's, like, ripped his shit in that chair. That's
1: accurate. He was actually, he had the beard stubble going on for a while, too, which was pretty great. Mm. So he's just, like, ripped and rugged, Xavier, with his. Nice flannel blanket over his oh, legs to keep. You him gotta warm. keep those warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been like a fan
0: of like I've read the Phoenix Saga, Dark Phoenix. I have sure. uh, classic Excalibur and uh, Executioner's Song and that stuff, and I, you know, Wolverine Origins. There's tons of great comics that came out of it, but I never really got into reading X Men as the series. That I mean, that's basically my uh, most of my X Men love comes from the the '90s cartoon show, which is is much like the Batman cartoon. I own it on DVD, and I I sometimes will be like, I think I'm just gonna sit down and watch some X Men cartoons. And I, I remember I remember taping them. Like I have old VHS tapes yeah! full of Batman: The Animated Series, Spider Man, X Men. Absolutely, I love that stuff. Now, with that said, yep. for everyone who thought perhaps we were a little too harsh on Batman. <laughs> suit up because this movie is top to bottom garbage Um, it is just a horrible film it it, uh, talk about a movie that did not age well as my friend put it in 2000 you were like yeah and now you're like "Ooh." well it's gonna be an interesting conversation i think pokes
2: because um i don't agree um you think it's a good movie i don't think it's a good movie (laughs) but i do think that a bunch of intelligent decisions were made in it mostly in the beginning of the film mm. really well let's yeah, start about
0: art. let's start with the intelligent decision that begins marvel or you know fox's big summer blockbuster a popcorn film the holocaust nothing says uplifting movie you take your kids you sit down and the first shot your kids are like i don't understand what's happening you have to be like well at one point in time a man tried to genocide an entire race (laughs) of people well don't
2: gloss over the very beginning which is the sequence in which patrick stewart talks over a microsoft screensaver for a few minutes about genetics (laughs) i'm not saying right away they made good decisions and i'm not
0: sure that's even remotely true what he said i don't know enough about how evolution (laughs) works i'm not a
1: scientist it sounds so good coming from them, though, you're just willing to believe it. That's true. I'll, I'll back him up on that. But that <laughs> That is true. He could've said anything. <laughs> that that opening sequence, um, sort of like with the opening sequence for the Spider Man movie that would follow it, it was things that was added later and they're like, Oh crap, we need something. Let's just turn this out as quick as possible. Didn't get enough polish, or whatever. I'm not apologizing for it, but that's definitely Voiceover one of the <laughs> symptoms of uh, the rush I
2: like the Holocaust intro.
0: I, I like it because
1: That's I think a it's a weird cool. sentence
2: to say. Yeah, <laughs> not for you. Does it for you? It does, yeah, the Holocaust it does it for me. Well, does um, anybody else
0: hear Ben Goose stepping right now? If
2: you need a sound, if you need a sound bite for this one, definitely make it. Uh, <laughs> the Holocaust works for me.
1: <laughs> uh, you'll see it in interviews with uh, Brian Singer, who mm-hmm. directed the movie, but he. Love that shot too because it set the serious tone of the film. Yeah. That was this whole angle. I was like I'm gonna do Which it- is a which is immediately erased thirty seconds later when they cut to
0: Rogue and her awesome southern accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I like it because it does
2: establish one of my one of my favorite characters in comics, which is Magneto. I think he's one of the more dynamic villains ever, and so I find him really interesting when he's written well. Sometimes he's written like a Bond villain who wants to shoot a laser at the moon for no reason. Well, who doesn't? But... If you could... <laughs> yeah, I was good. I, in, in I this, would do that. In this film, he's that way, unfortunately. In, in this
0: film, yeah, he is basically Hitler.
2: Yeah, that's my biggest criticism <laughs> with the movie, is he is hugely, unapologetically, and unredeemable villain which is not an accurate portrayal of magneto no magneto, you no
0: know.
2: but um but no i did like the holocaust sequence it, it establishes you know humanity's, you know the theme for the movie it establishes magneto's basics uh, basis his foundation for his hatred for humanity and it's done all with no dialogue and no subtitles which i thought was really cool but right. you don't need them you know you understand everything that's happening in that sequence it's not it's not confusing unless you are as pokes pointed out you a small see, child who doesn't... Yeah, not, I was going to say, the
1: sure... Under the home. age of 12. Yeah. You could be a Holocaust denier <laughs> and just, like, you know, just admit that the beginning of X-Men never <laughs> happened. You're saying that someone's out there
2: on board with the idea of superpowers, but not on board with the Holocaust having happened. Yeah, and, that's, it's, it's Iran. 10 10. Yeah.
0: It's the president of Iran. He was like, I would have liked it. I love leather. I love, leather. <laughs> what I love toad is, people. What bugs but... me out
2: is that people like that
0: do exist where they don't believe... And they were in charge of a country for a while. Anyway. But as I said, we we cut into uh, the South, and we meet Rogue, Mm -hmm. who is explaining her dream trip, which is to travel up to Anchorage, Alaska. And her boyfriend, who I assume has some sort of brain trauma already, says, (laughs) but won't it be cold in Anchorage? And she replies, that's what makes it an adventure. So to her, a shift in weather temperature, like the shift in temperature is an adventure i guess like i'm not from the south but is that like a thing like you come north and you're like oh it's chilly it would
1: be exotic, exciting i think yeah well it's like you know where we're from there's not a lot of mountains or chicago is where we're from yes by the oh
0: way. guys Did... have, I, have i mentioned that in this podcast yet thank god we're we're only like uh, 15 minutes in you were managed to work in that you're from chicago I was afraid that wouldn't come up this time.
1: No, no, no.
2: That's how it works. Just wait till we do the Dark Knight series where if it's filmed in Chicago, I won't fucking shut up. <laughs> Anyhow, no, I, I, I actually also liked the Rogue sequence, too. I'll admit her accent is very upsetting. Um, For but, Academy Award winning actress. Yeah, I know. She can do better. And wasn't she in True Blood where she does a
1: decent Southern accent? Yeah, but that was like... 15 years after. She's just trying to
2: practice, but it sounds like she, um, right before she came on set, uh, the character of Rogue must have grabbed Nicolas Cage or Keanu Reeves and absorbed their southern accent.
0: <laughs> yeah, she just went up, she was like, uh, her powers, like,
2: absorb the bad southern accent. Where's Cameron
0: Poe? I need yeah, to... right?
2: Or, or, or whatever that vampire movie is with Keanu Reeves where he's Damn doing it. Honestly, I got her look accent. Up,
1: but... I did read somewhere that the studio wanted Keanu Reeves for some role in this movie. Oh, boy. And it's gotta I would be like to really see that. Funny.
2: Um, but to follow up on my point is that I like that the other kind of core tenant of the X-Men concept in that you've got, like, you know, teenagers is huge in the X-Men universe because that's where most of their powers come awry. And they kind of tie that into the whole idea of, you know becoming uh you know uh, becoming an adult or whatever so i thought it was good that they have rogue in that you know classic sort of scene like kissing her boyfriend in her high school bedroom
1: i mean it's a good character introduction i think so real quick because you see like this is sort of her ability yeah. or at least it sets up the reason for her to seclude herself from society
0: yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty terrifying scene to be it like. does raise the question though did her mutant power only kick in because she got turned on I and
2: think sh- I think that's implied actually. Yeah. Yeah, she a little yeah, she got, little, stuff, she, got but...
0: she got moist yeah. and it just sucked out the guy's <laughs> life.
2: I would say this movie did a pretty good job of casting. Would you? Not a guy too far ahead, but I, you know, Patrick Stewart, Patrick, Patrick Stewart No, we're not even going to no, talk so about this. Hugh Jackman uh, all kill yes. it. They all kill it. Uh I'm not going to talk
0: about story. 'Cause she's Storm, the worst, horrible. The Cyclops Whoa. looks like he has a little head attached to the rest of his body. <laughs> the Toad is played by Ray Parks, who is Darth Maul, so he managed to ruin the only decent thing about the prequels by appearing in this film. <laughs> Sabretooth is just like they just pick some tall guy who can't act, so all he does is roar like a lion. I thought
2: Iceman was pretty good. Remind me of Bobby, a yeah, young teenager. Uh... Yeah,
1: and then he got picked up for the second moment. He was a local uh, actor from... Really? From Chicago? No, from Canada. (laughs) From Canada. Not all local actors are from Chicago. (laughs) So, Uh,
0: something that I find interesting through this is uh, you bring up that, like, it's supposed to be like Rogue doesn't, you know, she's a teenager, she's trying to deal with her powers, but... She appears to be... To have... Like, she is an empty vessel. She is, like, Bella-level pointless in this movie. She has no agency. She just goes from, like, one yeah. thing to the next based on what it people say true. to her. <laughs> right. She is a, not a good character. Now, let's cut, though. Let's... We're spending too much time on, on Rogue here because she'll come back by. We cut to the Senate where, <laughs> you know, the people only show up at the Senate when they want to complain about racism. Okay.
2: Pause. Because I had my my happiest moment with this scene and do you want to know why outside the UN, they cut to those protesters
0: that yeah. you know that scene are, are you gonna talk about the i think we're gonna mention the same thing go ahead are you talk about the sign the the one about the moon yeah send yes. the mutants
2: to the moon forever forever <laughs>
0: <laughs> What i love you can't when I, go back okay this is
2: a podcast so i have to be clear to you if you didn't watch the movie or you missed it in the brief cut of the protesters to the mutant concept in front of the UN, there is a bunch of signs being held aloft as you would expect at a protest, many of which are very poorly designed. One of them says, says Freaks of Nature. I have a picture of it here. And it looks like he wrote it while he was running, like on foot. To 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 the event because it's scribbled, uh, but the best part is this: someone cut out a. What do you think that is? is it's it like a uh, it looks like that aggro crag
1: shape or like a Astrocrag Christmas tree shaped sign. I don't know why it's shaped like that. Yeah, or perhaps like a rocket blast. If it really does look <laughs> yeah. like they took the leftover scraps from whenever it was from their kids' art project and but glued them together. In hasty
2: Sharpie, it has written "Send the mutants to the moon," and then in smaller text. Forever. I what think. I like
0: is how small it says forever. So you yeah. knew like the guy wrote it down and his friend was like, Bill, that makes it sound like you want mutants to be astronauts. And he's like, oh, you're right. You're right. Forever.
1: forever. They can't come back. <laughs> I think it is supposed to be a rocket ship now the more I look at it. Yeah, and also so. what you were saying uh, earlier oh in the word moon, it does look like somebody put googly eyes or something.
2: <laughs> what? What person on the production staff wrote this sign?
0: I don't know, but they deserve an Oscar for setting. I had design. that bolded
2: in my nose. I was so I'm was. i glad that
0: you noticed that because I saw that and I was like, oh my God, if Ben didn't notice this, I can't wait to bring it up to him. Uh, I like that Magneto 2 shows up and he's dressed like it's 1920 and he's an undertaker. I thought they did. That was good. He doesn't stand out at all. But... Yeah. Uh, we can go ahead and, and there's not a whole lot in that scene. Uh, then we get the introduction up in Canada. Where uh, we, we walk in on Canadian Thunderdome. Yeah, you know? real, real
2: elegant picture of, of the North. for uh... Two
0: men enter, one Wolverine leaves, <laughs> as long as everybody remembers that Master Blaster runs Bartertown. <laughs> uh, Wolverine is inside of a metal dome fighting people, drinking whiskey. Yes, and for some reason, only in this one scene in the entire film does A. When he hits people, it sounds like an aluminum bat that you're playing t ball with. Yeah, that actually comes back. And B, that it hurts people when he punches them because he's made of metal. No other time he's hitting people that, that constantly. a
1: uh, second time as well. When, when no. it, they
0: they never react when he hits uh, Mystique. She does not react like that duck gut dude, which is to black out and not move anymore.
2: When did when they say this in touch and go? But do you have like a scene in mind? Uh, where they, they, there's a
1: scene later in the movie where he's fighting Mystique. Yeah, there's definitely a part where she kicks him in the groin and it makes the clink sound. Oh, the clink sound,
2: yeah. Um, but I think the force at which he can punch people seems to vary dramatically throughout it the does, film. does, but,
1: but I swear there's another part where like he headbutts somebody or something, yeah, and it's indicated that because of the reinforced skeleton, it does way more damage or effectiveness than it should.
0: He gets knocked around like it's nothing most of the film. He gets beat up in this film. It is ridiculous. His
1: his strategy and I'm very happy that it happens immediately. The first time he's shown conflict in the movie is to just run at any problem he has
2: yeah i do like that they held that true that he is he is a blunt instrument <laughs> just, x-men character just, just which i run really like directly at
1: it i think they really nailed wolverine
2: in this movie confusingly though i don't know why they kept him as like this the, the main character quote unquote for
0: this film it's a weird choice was but... it because there was like probably conservatively 42 wolverine comics at that point in which he appeared that's true like, when this film came out it was at the Good height point. of the wolverine is in almost every x-team annoyance yeah i Speaking of Wolverine getting beat up... uh, He eventually... Rogue sneaks out with him after he gets thrown out of his bar... Uh, they're driving down the road, and she tells him to put on his seatbelt, and instantly they run into a tree, which is knocked down. I he love this part. He flies out of that windshield. Like, Me they're too. traveling 240 miles per
1: hour. It's great and, if you watch it in slow motion, too.
0: <laughs> at, at, at tops, though, they're going, like, 15. You can see the the like the background moving. They're going, like, 10 miles per hour, and yep. he is launched out of that Heavy thing snow. like he's...
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could... Be a nerd and argue. Well, oh, the skeleton's heavier than normal because it's all metal. He's not wearing a seatbelt because he's a rebel. You know, he's going to shoot right through. Yeah, the that's science. He's a that's, rebel. That's, you know, you factor that in. But if if you watch that uh, a few times in a row, and I really do like in watching that part, is you'll you'll see Hugh Jackman or stuntman hit the window of the truck when it crashes, and it actually knocks the entire window out of. The, the mounting, the, oh it just, yeah, it comes out as like one piece, a couple of different ways, and then it just like recesses the shot on the window, and he shoots out like a frozen chicken. <laughs> I gotta rewatch it again. Yeah.
2: Oh man, but he goes, he slides too for a long distance.
0: It's like a cannonball. They should really look into what he's made out of because it also, it, you know, gives you extra force and makes you irresistible. Like you don't have to worry about friction. Uh, this is this would also be the scene where I would say we're introduced uh to what will become, as I like to refer to, the world's worst wire work ever recorded on film.
2: I thought that was Batman when he roped
0: into scenes. No, that's the slowest. This (laughs) is like watching a kung fu movie that I tried to film in my backyard using a rope. People, like, fall in and out of shots and jump in such a way that it looks so horribly unnatural. Absolutely correct. That all you can do is be like, what the hell just happened? It's so jarring. And Sabretooth, who does not know Wolverine in this film, but three films later, he'll be his brother. Uh, (laughs) Three films later in the past. (laughs) True. Yes. Uh... (laughs) Does Neither one of them knows who the other one is, so that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but, well, this is also going to be the scene where we're going to get our first entry into what I'm going to call the two-timer log. This is actors who appear in more than one superhero film, but not in the same franchise. James Marsden, who plays Cyclops, this is his first uh, scene in the movie, I'm pretty sure. He appears with Storm, who is also in this category. Uh, James Marsden was in the superman returns yeah a really yeah. bad superman movie he that's was cool. lois lane's boyfriend in fact that's why he dies in x-men 3 is because they were filming at the same time and he wanted to be in superman instead which was a good move we Call uh halle berry also appears in the spectacular catwoman film woo so this film is chock full of people who jump ship into other not good superhero movies Uh, before we move too far ahead though i do want to point out one thing that really jarred me at this one too
2: the sequence before we leave canada is that when rogue enters uh wolverine's truck he says she says i'm rogue which is like a thing that we don't take like oh that's odd we don't think that because you know we know that she's the character rogue but these two aren't x-men yet neither of them knows xavier Mm. they're not x-men they haven't been assigned a handle so where did she get the word rogue from? And why is it totally normal for her to just say, I'm rogue, and not like, I'm this person? <laughs> I, I used
1: to get the same vibe from the X-Men cartoon, where a new character would show up, be introduced, and it would be in their costume or uniform, whatever, and acting like this is what I wear every day. Yeah, did you bring that from home? No one else <laughs> is reacting to this outfit I'm wearing that's nothing like anything you've ever seen before. It's, it's bizarre for her to just be, I'm rogue, and then be like, Cool. Like, not be like, well,
2: is that your first or last name? Like, you know, what are you talking about? But I, I digress. We're, we're,
0: you know, we need to we need to uh, keep keep on trucking, so uh, to speak. We'll, we'll shoot over to the introduction of Magneto, who's already been sort of introduced. But now he's in a silk shirt. And now we find out that he is the boy from the beginning of the movie, which I don't think you real, you know, you might not realize if you don't know anything about the yeah, X-Men until you see the true. Holocaust tattoo. What I like in this shot is... I have a feeling, I, I just had like an idea that they, they shot a version of this film and they showed it to studio executives and they were like, ooh, I don't know if we can tell that this guy can control metal. Can you do something about it? And Branson was like, yeah, I guess. Click, Everything clack, in this room will be metal. Clack, click, click, And he will move it instead of like, he pushes <laughs> the chair out slightly, even though he's right next to it. Yep. It's just, he pulls the, the metal, the dog tag. I'm just like, I got it. He can control metal. You didn't need 90 examples in one shot. Magneto is lazy. He is, uh,
1: or egocentric.
0: Yeah. My my next favorite scene is after this. Wolverine wakes up in Xavier School for the for gifted youngsters. The most powerful telepath in the world, an Omega level mutant. Instead of just like when he realizes he's awake, instead of just being like, "Hey, calm down. We've brought you to a school. You were with that girl. She's okay." He plays, like, a horror film, like, whispered noise. Yeah, ghostly whispers. That I'm like, I'm this about. guy is insane. Like, you have no idea who this man is. You've read his mind. You know he's a caged animal. Maybe try to ease him back into society. Don't let him run around to school with kids in it. Shirtless. Freaking out. <laughs> yeah, and freaking out. Why doesn't he just tell him to calm down? Also is professor x teaching physics because i feel like you should probably have a real teacher teaching that true uh but this scene does lead to my favorite
2: quote in the movie which is i'm charles xavier would you like some breakfast
0: That is said with no pauses. He's just ah, I am Charles Xavier. Would you like some breakfast? I like the Andrew, the uh, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk, but it's like a roll and talk since Xavier's in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's a roll and talk where they yeah. just like roll through the entire school just, and he just fills them in. Yeah. yeah, it's so bizarre.
1: And and, then,
2: and you get oh. this, all the shots of all the mutants like doing their stuff. Yeah. Did you see Water Running Kid? I really hope it's not his only power. The kid yeah. that just runs across that like I, I think he's credited pool. as
0: like. Uh Pond running No! Like
2: that. That's his X-Men name, That's isn't his it? <laughs> X-Men
1: name in the there movie. was
0: somebody else who had an even more pointless ability. Uh, I forget what it was uh, in Colossus it.
1: is actually in that scene. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Not, Colossus Kitty Pride
0: is referenced in it. I think Jubilee uh, is Jubilee, shown in the back pyro yeah. Yeah. Iceman. Um we cut to his uh Senator Kelly from the com- everybody knows him from the cartoon, the comics. He hates mutants. Real racist. He is kidnapped. Species? yeah yeah, i guess uh he's kidnapped and brought to see magneto where we see the toad who just like all real toads eats a live bird yeah yeah okay
1: no problem understand
0: that scene checks out uh also at, at this point in the film i had to start i started wondering how many days have passed is it just like was like is it two days three days has it been a week I started looking at this film, it could take place over the span of like three months, or the span of like one week, and it would make no difference. There's just like no real transition of time.
1: Yeah, it always felt rushed to me. I always assumed it was within a couple of days of each other.
2: But yeah, it, it could be... I mean, to get down from Canada. Well, I guess they have the X-Jet and stuff, yeah. Right. Well,
1: but then Rogue's in
0: school. It's not like they brought her there and they were like, go to school. We know you just had a traumatic event, but she's oh, right. start learning. She's,
2: she's deep into school at that point,
0: isn't Yeah, she? she's, she's taking classes she's, with Pyro. How long was Wolverine
2: out? <laughs> <Caring> <laughs> Two own... to three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I, I also had sort of a point, too, because at this point, Senator Kelly is becoming like a hostage. I think he's... I don't know, I don't know when at this in the chronology, he's become like a
1: hostage. Oh, yeah, of that, they know. they abducted him. And that, that island they take him to is supposed to be the island of uh, Genosha.
2: Yeah, right. But like, they never like cut to an establishing shot, so you have no idea if it is or not.
1: Right. Well, and I think that might have been a, a budget thing. Like, yeah. This movie could have been an entirely different thing if they had given it a – I don't want to say a worthy budget, but it definitely was operating on a reduced budget. And you can kind of tell by the way they hold shots – or the size of sets, or the things they used to do to make up for that. Yeah, and I was also affected by a rushed release schedule, so perhaps uh, I had bigger it, plans for that. It shows, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the point I
2: was hoping to get to was was Cedric Kelly. I don't know. Like I know that I'm supposed to hate him from the comic book character. I'm familiar with the comic character. He is a demonized character. He's he he is his origin is that he murders. His newly born son because he or attempts to murder his newly born son because he appears to be a mutant. Mm. Like he is an asshole. They're... But in this one, he's just like, guys, mutants can like talk to your mind and make you do stuff and throw fire, and they're in schools with kids. Maybe we should look into this. And and, and they go, Yeah, he's should die. Like, <laughs> I know this sounds insane, but they do not do a good job making him a horrible character
1: no, he just seemed don't. like
2: a concerned guy which I think is a legitimate statement
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of people bring up the fact that he has good points he's just going about him in a terrible way
2: but he doesn't do anything he doesn't have a plan where he's like we're gonna kill them all he's just like we should probably register these kids with firepowers and then and then he's like well just fucking kill him I mean, I'm not saying I sympathize with him because of his character and his angle, but he he is not, they could do an incredibly good job at making him an asshole, and he's really just a concerned politician, you know what I mean? And then they just fucking, I mean, in the worst way, kill him.
1: (laughs) Um, You can look it up, but they made this TV special when the movie came out that ran on Fox to promote it that was like a fake news program. Really? about a half an hour long starring Senator Kelly. No way! And uh, at the end of it, it's revealed that his daughter is turning into a mutant right in front of him, like on the courthouse stairs. And it's this terrible CGI, like, elongated Mr. Fantastic type of effect.
2: Well, well, Despite the bad CGI, where was that in the movie? That would have made such a good scene to see Senator Kelly wrestling with his own child, his own, like, progeny becoming a mutant. It would have added
1: more dimension to Rather than game. him
2: just being like, guys, they can blow up schools and with their mind and they're in school right now like shouldn't we look into that yeah <laughs> and, Z- and and then xavier's just like nah <laughs> i got this i got an unlicensed school, a school i got, a I'm school, cool i'm cool yeah i got yeah. it anyway uh <laughs> Bose, where are we at this point yeah bro.
0: uh that's a great question uh <laughs> is
2: it how storm sucks
0: because <laughs> uh, we could probably go ahead and oh, terrible uh,
2: cut kenyan to...
1: accent she's trying to do
2: or is it, that, is it that mutants love circular doors? Because I had that note. Because both Magneto's Fortress and the Xavier School for the Gifted is both full of giant circular doors. Why is that?
0: Handicap accessibility. Oh, good point. <laughs> uh, we, we get the scene where uh, Wolverine is having a nightmare in this gigantic mansion. And somehow Rogue hears him and she decides to walk in and try to wake him up. And her method of waking him up is whispering his name and getting as close to him physically as she can.
1: Yep. I'm like, just that's yell. I it.
0: Yeah. I, I... And he stabs her, mm-hmm. like he's apparently want to do, I guess. And we find the only thing that uh, Anna Paquin is worse at than a uh, southern accent, it's pretending that she's dying.
2: It's not a great death, but I do like that sequence. I think that's yeah, and-
0: cool. And that scene wraps up like that whole thing wraps up super quick. The next day, we find out that Mystique is dressed like Bobby, and he basically comes up to her and he's like, "Everybody's pissed at you. You should leave." And Rogue is like, "Okay." Like she doesn't ask anybody else. She doesn't go talk yeah. to anybody. She Very disappears because informs. one dude. Yeah. Especially the logic of that is like,
2: everyone saw you use your powers and they're freaked out. Like, what? Look You're at fucking where you ice, are. man. Yeah. <laughs> There's. There, did you see that kid running across that pond? That kid kick him out that guy's a freak
0: you have one guy who literally cannot open his eyes without murdering people unless he has special glasses uh rogue runs off to the train station yeah where she is eventually convinced to come back by wolverine just being like i think you should give him another chance and she goes okay she has no agency in this film they you could like have recast her character with like a potato and i don't think it would have affected the film that much until the end
2: well, I also know that we're, we're moving quick here and everything, but can we just talk about how bad that first fight sequence is? I don't know if everyone agrees Which with me on that. One? When they're in the train station depot. It's like, it's like everyone take turns. Everyone take turns yeah. with your powers and use them very slowly because it's like Sabretooth strolls up to Storm and just picks her up and then she just... Sits there, and it's very unclear through the whole movie whether or not she can use her powers indoors or not. Because then it's opening... very
0: unclear through the whole movie how her powers work, if she knows how they work, yeah. and why they change midway through the film.
2: Because at first she can't do anything because she's in a building, mm. and then the roof's blasted off by Cyclops losing his lenses or visor, yeah, getting or whatever. his visor taken away, and then she can do lightning. Then later on, at the very end, when they're in the Statue of Liberty Museum, she is just being literally tossed around the room by Toad and just looks concerned, like, there's no way I can survive this. Then suddenly, after being thrown in an elevator shaft, she just reappears, still indoors, still Mm. not near windows, and suddenly she's full of tornadoes and lightning, and it's fine. And I don't understand what's happening with her powers there. Maybe
1: she just had to find the power within
0: herself.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Brian Singer. (laughs) It's so good to have you here on the podcast. (laughs) Well,
0: so so Magneto gets Rogue. Yep. He's exiting the train station. The police have been called because his mutants drew as much attention to themselves as humanly possible. They're walking out, and Xavier takes control of Sabretooth and has him start choking Magneto. Yep. And Magneto's going to have all the guns of these police officers turn around and shoot them. And the whole problem is he can't get into Magneto's mind because he's wearing the helmet. Yep. Why doesn't he just have one of the two people whose minds he is controlling (laughs) take take the helmet (laughs) off of Magneto? (laughs) I
2: just put that together.
0: I've Uh, never considered
2: that. He has
0: one of them trying to murder him, Uh, (laughs) but he can't just lift it off?
2: The answer to your question is, I didn't think of that, so it's fine.
0: (laughs) But then, this also brings up another point, which is, alright, they escape, and uh xavier's real bummed wolverine's like well where is he he's like i don't know i can't find magneto he has some way of blocking my ability to read his mind what about the four other people with him you know Sabretooth, mystique Toad. can't find any of them did nope. you ever think of look for them because they're probably with magneto look if we're gonna talk plot holes we're gonna be
2: here all night <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's not a statement on, on your comments i'm just like it's this movie is chock full of them it's ridiculous. But yeah, that's, that's an extremely good point. It, his Everyone's power seems so confusing. Magneto seems to be able to search for Magneto, or, or Xavier seems to be able to search for Magneto, even though he can't accomplish it because of the helmet, which apparently he'll also never take off, even though in every other scene it's off, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, he's also he's also looking for him just from his desk. But when he wants to find Rogue, he has to go to his giant cerebral machine. Like, what are your limits, man? What's happening Which, un-
0: which unfortunately mystique put green kool-aid in yeah and now it kills professor x I'm i sorry. guess
2: brian singer can you explain to me telepathic poison what happens there what is that is it feedback i don't i mean i need more information than he's like it's green goo and david goes ow and goes into a coma i love they that. never
1: explain what happens never to him. no I, I do love that later gene gray is like messing around cerebrals like oh i'll just take out this green thing oh, oh wow good. i'm just gonna use it right fucking now <laughs> No cooling down time. It's a good thing that the villains and the heroes uh, color code
0: their various scientific liquids. (laughs) Yeah. You need to know who the bad guy is. Exactly. Uh, So we find out that their plan is they're going to do something. Uh, Xavier's read Senator Kelly's mind and he knows that he's going to try to hit, that they figure out where they're going to be. They're going to be at the Statue of Liberty where every dignitary from the world, all of the world's leaders are going to be on Ellis Island. And for some reason, there's two guards. Just two. On, on the island, on the, the Statue of Liberty Island. Liberty which, Island. Yes, yes, which the toad, just like real toads, crushes. Yeah. I guess that's how toads kill things in the wild. I don't know. Again, no one, no one figured these powers out before they started using them in the film.
2: Also, yeah, two guards, it's fine. One of them goes to the bathroom, the other one stays there. It's, mm. fi- it's, a, it's a flawless system, Pogues.
0: Well, then we cut back and the X-Men are suiting up yeah and wolverine makes a joke about you wear these out in public and cyclops says what do you what would you expect yellow spandex and people are supposed to be like want want but
1: the problem is they look stupid in those leather outfits too it's a clunky line and it was i guess done to kind of calm down fears about the costume and one probably one of the first recorded reactions to internet chatter Hadn't been such like a powerful issue. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this yeah. would be a
2: movie where like when they started re- releasing this is casting one of the, information, like, the,
1: the first time is an online community can get gripey about something before it came out and actually have some traction. That's oh um, yeah,
2: that's a good point. That, that would be a big
1: theme in superhero <laughs> movies, you know, to
2: now and forever.
1: Um, yeah, it's a clunky line they don't look that great. Uh, you can see the pros and cons of going to the straight comic costume or. I think they'd even tried concept art with the original X Men costumes of the yellow and blue uniforms. Yeah, and they just ruled against them for whatever reason. I, I do and it. Then
0: they get them. Then they get them to work perfectly in first class. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although those seem to fit better in a
2: '70s, like '60s, '70s, vibrant, colorful world. Uh, but I, I don't know. That could just be because that's. This, yeah, I, I saw them work in that in that in time period. Anyway.
0: Well, they this uh, so. Inside the Statue of Liberty, the X-Men show up to find Rogue and Magneto and the others. And we see the Toad, just like real Toads, walking up a wall. Again, not sure how that's related to his name or his power base, but that's fine. <laughs> then we're introduced to, like, <laughs> Boy, I didn't the, think of that. the worst fight scene yet out of a series of not good fight scenes. Well, wow, there are two fight scenes total, maybe? Train station, Statue of Liberty... And then Statue of Liberty head, which and is the worst, the worst yeah. of all of them. It's a, uh, but much. it is—it's uh, just really bizarre. The toad's beating up people. He spits some like he—I don't know what's—I don't even want to know what that, that is. But he spits no, what on, is that? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to know, bro. <laughs> again, yeah,
2: it's like it's like. Someone didn't Google Toad before they
0: started doing his character. Well, just
1: again, just like real Toads, <laughs> they shoot a goo which hardens and cannot be removed except for by laser beams. By laser beams. That, that goo was a major factor in one of the action figures for the movie. It was Are you kidding me? It came with an a in-distressed, non-movable Jean Grey that was covered in goo That's... that you could break apart. I think it might have come with the Cyclops figure because <laughs> you could shoot the laser at it and then you could break the goo but i'm sorry does the toad figure advertising say
2: comes with an in distress immovable gene gray
1: i want to say that the gene gray came with the cyclops to shoot the toad goo off of. <laughs> uh, but they might have stuck it with toad because who's gonna buy a toad figure without yeah an in distress gene gray that doesn't move that is
0: fantastic now here's here this brings us up to a point in the film that probably the most brought up point and how terrible this movie or like you know the bad scenes in this movie is the storm oh toad fight yep in which she utters the worst line i've ever heard which is what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning the same as everything else and delivered in possibly the worst comic timing i've ever heard but here's something i found out while i was just doing a little bit of light research for this uh is that the original version of this script was written by Josh Whedon. And the studio felt that it was too pop culture self like, self-returential and jokey. So they had somebody else go back in and rewrite it. They only used two jokes he had written in the movie. This is one of them, yeah. Yes, and I was like, I'm really starting to think Firefly was an accident. No. Like, I think he was just good that one time. <laughs>
2: The thing is, I actually read up um, an A.V. Club interview with Joss Whedon where someone, a- someone asked him, like, what the hell was that line? And he was furious about it. He's like, because I wrote that line to be like – because he wrote Storm to have a lot more, you know, sarcasm and a little bit more personality, which, by the way, she has fucking zero she has in this movie. She, some of it is – Oh, my on. God. Some of it is Haley Berry, but a lot right. of it is her character doesn't do anything. She has a half-baked – southern uh southern south african accent or whatever she's
0: i don't know what country
1: she's I supposed don't know to be from what that accent is. she's supposed to be it's like a semi-kenyan accent and then never comes back in any of other movies she's soft-spoken she's worried she
2: seems to not remember what her powers are at any given point it's one of the worst portrayals of like a superhero i've ever seen
0: what? or a person or a
2: person but um, uh, uh, what I was going to say is, is that that line he said was supposed to be, like, when, he, when this character had a lot more personality, was supposed to be said sort of off-color, like, to her allies. Like, like turn to, like, Wolverine and be like, you know what happens to, a, like, a, a toad when it's struck by lightning? Pfft, you know, what happens to everything else? Like, a, a good kind of like ha-ha where the other person would roll their eyes. And that makes me like it more. But when you deliver it, like, it's your battle cry like she does in this movie, it's so awkward. And that was his problem is he did not write it to be that way and he was off the script by the time it was being filmed. Yeah, And he was so mad about that. And I totally know where he's coming from because we do scripts, you know, for so... Oh, we
0: got it. You're a writer in in Chicago. No,
2: no, I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying that um, during one of our first shows, we had this huge problem with our cast because they were fantastic actors. But man, sometimes they would just get get set to say a line a certain way and it's not only would ruin the joke it was the most awkward moment you'd ever seen and you're like please don't do that and then of course a couple of those things got snuck through the cracks and then like on stage they would bomb and i would just scream at myself because the writing was like well not good but the writing was better than that and 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 a delivery can kill a line so i totally get that where he's coming from but yeah you're you're right
0: that's a terrible legacy to have on this film is to be the guy behind that fucking infamous i just found that to be like an absurd fact when i read it i was like what a bizarre that they were like out of all the jokes he probably made in that script that was one of the ones they picked to use so embarrassing also
2: before before we jump any further ahead (laughs) using some google foo tom brought up the distressed jean gray and it's the worst thing i've ever seen yeah it is a low cut top and she's
1: more revealed than the
2: i think the like regular yeah figure. like we're talking like v to the belly button and like not yeah, only no, really the accurate wait wait can, really can you say it again but slower body body type and she's somehow like encased in green like like she's been hit by slimer like she's inside of slimer and cyclops is just standing there looking concerned that's the action figure you can buy in the store yeah. oh man pokes because it... he's
0: afraid he just got cuckold we need to... <laughs>
2: <laughs> we need to link this on on facebook or something yeah, we'll have wow. to throw that up. Though, that's, amaz- this airs. that's amazing.
0: Mm. Anyhow, now this this scene also brings up. It turns out that Magneto catches the X Men. He's got them all stuck to the wall using his metal control ability. Magneto goes to set up the device, which is gonna he's gonna give Rogue his powers, and she's gonna do this this device, which is gonna make all the world leaders mutants, but they're all gonna die, and he doesn't realize that. But this device is inside of. The torch in the Statue of Liberty. How did they build it inside there? And when? Can we talk about this device? What the hell is it?
2: It's supposed to genetically unstabilize genes or something. Well, it's supposed
0: to activate the mutant gene. But the question is, one, Magneto, not depicted to be a scientist. Nope. Two, why would magnetism make the machine work? Three, if all it needs to do is spin really fast... They invented engines a long time ago, buddy. You don't need to yeah. sacrifice a girl.
2: Um, but the, the other thing, I, I guess, I guess it's supposed to be drawing upon the mutant power. But that's like a that's a that's a stretch of a concept. I mean, Ooh, I know that's, that's a long. Walk. I know we're in a comic book movie, and suspension of disbelief is the main fare. But come on, with, with these spinny circle mutant power creation machines, no, yeah, the mutant circles,
1: absurd. Well, also, nobody knows how madness works, so... Good point.
2: Yeah, they're magic as far as Mm -hmm. I'm concerned. Very
1: magic. That's a good point.
0: (laughs) Uh, We end up with...
1: Wolverine gets free
0: and goes and has a fight with Sabretooth. Boring fight. On the top of the crown, uh, what does happen is the two of them throwing each other and not understanding how gravity or physics works as they fly around in terrible wire work. At one point, Wolverine is thrown off of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah but sticks his claw into part of the crown, which somehow makes him spin in a circle yeah, instead I don't of just fa- going that at all. right I, through
2: yeah, it. Yeah,
1: he would have just gone right through it. Yeah,
2: he would have just fallen. I mean, it's it, it, like, it only, like, slightly cuts it, and I'm like, what, is the Statue of Liberty made of adamantium?
1: <laughs> I think maybe they're going for the thing where, like, a swashbuckler puts his sword or a knife into, like, a curtain yeah. and uses that to, as a guide. But... Woof. Well,
2: I do like... I do like... The way Wolverine fights in this movie, though, he he lunges, he hurls himself, yeah. he swings just like wildly. I mean, I, I really, yeah, actually, wildly ineffective. I take it, wildly ineffective. Yeah, true, but I, I, I did hit back. I did actually enjoy his his fight with with uh, uh uh Mystique.
1: Mystique. That's got one of the best shots in it when you look at the series as a whole because Wolverine and Hugh Jackman become such an iconic thing or, or something you immediately recognize where he's fighting himself and yeah. one of them is Mystique and he injures Mystique. So Hugh Jackman has to portray that and he's just squealing yeah, he squeals the, like a girl. Squeals like a girl, makes this horrible face. Uh, so it's although, fantastic. I do have
2: some questions about that. I wrote a ton of them down. <laughs> but my, my, my questions include, in that sequence, we, we glossed over it, yeah. but when Mystique went... Oh, well, you
1: glossed over another thing earlier. What's More, that? Mystique is the Statue of Liberty.
2: Yeah, that was one of my questions, actually. <laughs> that was one of my questions. It, so her power, she can turn into any person. I guess that counts if
0: it's, a, if it's a replica of a statue of a person? I don't think that's even remotely true. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at one point he cuts off her fake claws oh yeah which do not affect her she should lose like her fingers conceivably something should be wrong with it. but one afterwards yeah she's fine another she one she gets question. stabbed in yeah when she gets stabbed the place she gets stabbed would have punctured both of her lungs she would have died before anybody arrived to help her there is like three spots of blood as if she got a paper cut it's true uh, it's a very bizarre fight its resolution is pretty weak
2: I, I know it's flawed, but I genuinely enjoyed not not all of it. But when she turns back into Mystique and she's just herself, and mm. Reigns himself, and not the, the part where she's
1: melting like the liquid Terminator.
2: No, yeah, not that part. I hated that because, like, I was asking so many questions. Not only does her she lose part of her claws, quote unquote claws, yeah. but a hey, what are those claws? Because at some because she's cutting stuff with them. So what the fuck is that? Because you she can make. A human, she can turn on a human body and clothes. Does They'll that do, include yeah. knives? Because if she can turn her hands to knives, game over, everybody. She, <laughs> she, she just do that way more she should often. She do that way more often. Because at some point when she comes, when Wolverine goes around the corner for no reason and she comes back in as Wolverine, she she draws the claws out and then moves towards Cyclops amazingly as if I'm about to kill him mm-hmm. with these claws. But mm-hmm. I'm like, how? Because they can't be real claws or else Wolverine wouldn't be able to cut them off. So they're not like, what are they? Like, I don't even know. I, 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 want, I want the camera to cut back to the claws that were cut off on the ground. What would we see on the ground? It's like, like little pools of blood <laughs> yeah. or something. Because I, I, I was thinking of the T-1000, I think Pokes mentioned. Like they're just turning like the pools of like yeah. silver. It just finds its way, way back to her. Loop, yeah, it finds yeah. its way So much confusion in that scene. But all that aside... When she's finally just herself and Wolverine's herself, I really like the fight because he's lunging and he's clawing the wall, and he's—it's it's a classic Wolverine fight sequence. And she's got this really cool sort of like uh, uh, acrobatic, acrobatic yeah. like, it, it, and she's like picking up a fence and blocking him with it, and then
0: like, oh yeah, and there's that sweet scene where she grabs onto a pole and climbs up it backwards. That is a bizarre, like some Spider- sort of Spider-Man. Stripper. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I, I did like that sequence, and I'm gonna stand by it uh let's go ahead and just sort of wrap up the movie sure. uh they need wolverine has to go up to the top of this thing to stop it and the the backup plan is may or uh, cyclops is going to shoot the thing if they can't get it to work and he tells them that he has a shot and they, he's like they're like wait 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 but the whole time he's looking to shoot just magneto so why did he ever wait pugs it's really hard to hit an old man that's standing still <laughs> Perfectly still. With, and with, with, in front of the thing you're actually trying to do. With your lightning
1: vision. <laughs> you know, the vision that's aimed by your own eyes. <laughs> well, you gotta dial it to the right number, you know. You don't wanna overshoot it. Yeah, yeah what is that dial? Do- <laughs> I love what, that when What they, are the settings on that dial? I, I love when wanna When they reduce them, they like, oh, well, let's show this that he could reduce the power. I'm gonna use my mutant ability to cut the seatbelt off a rogue in this crashed truck. Yeah. i'm I could just unbuckle yeah. the seatbelt I, very I casually. I don't know anything. I don't know. Nope. Let's just let's burn yeah. a visual effect shot with this. I also
2: like that in most of the early scenes in the movie, when he's in the area where it's okay to be a mutant, he's wearing incognito sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And only when they go out into the
0: field does he put on his goggles. Wow. Yes, which you're like, when they're in the train station, I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Well, I think yeah, that... Why didn't
0: you just bring an air horn and blow it as you yeah. walked? Like, you're so noticeable. I
1: mean, you could argue that the goggles give him control and the ability to release his optic blast. Sure, yeah. Without him, if he was just wearing his sunglasses, and just take them off and outward, yeah. just go full fire. That's a good
2: point, but it just it just does seem crazy that he went from the normal glasses. Although he
1: does look like an idiot and very suspicious in the train station where he's wearing the, the visor, takes up half his face, yeah. and this ball cap, and like a, a jacket. He's the least trustworthy looking Not killing guy. Not Kelly, buddy, yeah. No. No. Uh, in the translation, it's very inconspicuous. Oh, Cyclops.
0: <laughs> I... oh, but go ahead, folks. I know you're yeah, well, that, that pretty much wraps up the film. Yeah. They save Rogue. Everyone has a happy ending. She gets her Wolverine gray loose. hair. She, yeah, she gets a gray hair, yeah. Yeah, she's still pointless at the end of the film. Her story arc is to be pointless all the way until the end. It's,
2: I cannot argue on that. It is a big problem with the film.
0: Uh, so let's let's cut to our our uh, little running segment, uh, sequential to cinema. What did this film do right as far as from the comics, and what were the big loopholes? Uh, cool stuff they they put in, the Brotherhood of Mutants, which yep. is the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in the comic, but sort of silly, you would refer to yourself as being evil. Uh, the fact that they kept Magneto old enough to have survived the Holocaust, which is his backstory in the comics, in which each passing year becomes... You know they have to. They had to de-age him at one point, or something happened to him, so that people weren't like, "Wouldn't he be like ninety-five at this point?" Well, <laughs> you
1: know, he's a mutant. Yeah, uh, they also age slower.
0: Yeah. yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, they introduce Rogue in her pre-power-up stage when you know in the comics when she was originally introduced. I don't think she was actually a mutant when she was originally introduced, but she can only steal people's powers, and she ends up getting her the version that most people know is the near invulnerability, flight. All of that comes from because she almost kills Ms.
1: Captain Mar- Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. That's
0: right, yeah. Yeah, so, and she's in a coma for a really long time. I, I mean, there was a few other nice nods. You know, they have cerebral, the, the, Cerebro, the, there's all that stuff. There's, you know, there wasn't a whole lot more in here. Uh, you know, in, in X-Men 2, there's a nod to the Phoenix Force. There's really not a whole lot in this film that sets up later things. Yeah. Uh, most of the characters, the background characters, are recast. It's a different Pyro into... It's a, a, well, there is no Sabretooth, I guess. He doesn't come back.
1: Well, with uh, Sabretooth, and then he comes back in the Wolverine movie, I think the way they bullshit on that was in like a movie tie-in comic that they actually considered sort of part of it, um, where after the events of the Wolverine film the character Victor Creed who is Sabretooth, goes back to the Weapon X program and they do more work on him and that... <laughs> Add some that adds some personality. Adds <laughs> some personality. It takes away his personality. It turns him into a feral beast, makes him bigger, uh, changes his outlook and erases his memory. So supposedly, if you take it like that, at the beginning of the X-Men film when the Sabretooth and Wolverine characters meet each other, they both have erased memories at this point. And don't have a strong connection. With because
2: him. I, I I hate that Sabretooth in this movie. He is a big dumb. I've met him. Tyler Rain. Me. he's a wonderful man. I'm sure he very is. Very nice. The
1: biggest human being.
2: His character is so boring. He's like a comic relief character almost. He's like grunting. He doesn't know how to get. Yeah, they do kind stuff. of turn him
1: into like a, a very bad. He drops bad lurch. humans
2: out of windows. He's just confused and <laughs> bumbling, and he just roars like Chewbacca and has bad fight sequences, and then just like disappears
1: you wonder why magneto keeps using him yeah his whole
0: band of people are except for because they had no other useless they had no other mutants yeah i know
2: right they have a whole litany of
0: characters to choose that it is bizarre dope. the ones they picked <laughs> and like why not use pyro as the villain who has a much more interesting set of powers yeah. than a guy with a long tongue um there is something that I, I thought of while we were just talking that i wanted to bring up i know later on we're introduced to how magneto and mystique meet but in this film like when you see it without the context of the the films before it you have to wonder where would they have met like Jade, date like was she just like he was like you know master of magnetism looking for
2: shapeshifters. <laughs> it is bizarre that she's this like super highly trained assassin-like character with no backstory and no dialogue does she speak in this movie
1: yeah she speaks i don't even remember what uh, she says th- I think what strikes me is when she's in the helicopter with Senator Kelly oh, right. and kicks him in the face a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, that foot-foo? That, that was yeah. really great. great. Uh, she speaks with some, like, reverb effect attached to her. Oh, she does, right. That, that's true.
0: And I also, it, it, they make it seem like those two are dating, but there's never any real reference to it. So it is vague. You're like, are they supposed to be like they're a couple? Or...
2: There's a lot of moments where they clearly just assumed the nerds coming to see this movie would 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 bring their own knowledge of these characters with them. And then there's moments where they oh, they, they pasted
1: in their own ideas. Can you imagine the amount of discussion happening while the movie was playing in theaters like in the theater people next to each other trying to point out like, oh that's Sabretooth. Oh
2: especially for one of these like early comic book movies, oh. you're right. It probably was a terrible place to be. <laughs> Or the Denny's afterwards probably
1: other even worse. Yeah, definitely the, the Denny's parking lot afterwards. <laughs> uh,
0: well, was there anything that the, uh, you guys wanted to bring up that we missed? That well, we to talk about just just the overall
2: thing that pissed me off about this movie but, but, um, compared to the comics is Magneto because I think Magneto is one of my favorite villains. I said at the beginning of this podcast, and I, I, I really when I'm when, I, when sometimes I, I I I talk about like writing good characters if i need to explain that concept i would refer to magneto because when i see him written well which isn't always in comics but when i see him written well which is most of the time he's written in a way where you understand his point of view you understand how he feels about registration when he comes from a holocaust experience you understand how he feels about humanity and being uh, you know part of an outcast society and he's very logical and and his decisions are aren't aren't, aren't wild terrorist acts they're usually even if they're horrible they have, they have some sort of meaning behind them and his character in this one is not that
1: he is just Sorry, i just caught your note that says cover your dick senator <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> yes i
1: when he comes out of the when water, I did think that I was like, "Bro, there's kids on this beach." And,
2: and, and he has no ass crack in that scene. Did you notice that? His, yeah, his ass crack has been removed. Yeah. What a mutant
1: power! That's, that's his mutant. And if you freeze frame when he comes out of the water, it's just like it doesn't even look like him. It's This weird foam head it's blobby thing. thing that they actually used. Well, he has gills. A, a ton too. in the um, the trailers for it. Yeah, they use that shot all the time, and that's actually I think reduced in the final film. It's what
2: a, what a weird. And then one he goes to
1: focus and. Stan Lee is selling hot dogs, but you don't <laughs> notice him because he's sort of like in the middle of the frame. So yeah, this is actually the first Marvel movie with a Stan Lee in it.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's it's just a brief beach scene, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much shorter than its usual cameos later on. Well, it was, what a treat for him. Wait, what a treat. What a special time for Stan Lee. Um, but just just to, to finish my point, yeah. Magneto I think is such an interesting villain. I think he, he he shows how you can make uh, both both a protagonist and an antagonist super interesting, especially in this series where they're very much linked they're you know I actually like the ending scene where they're playing chess in like the metalist room I think that was a perfect way to like this is their relationship unfortunately only at the beginning and the end of the movie do they have any idea how to play that character with the holocaust sequence and then at the end with the whole chess sequence I
1: I do think they don't seem to have any idea how to play him I think they give him one of the best scenes in the train station where he rips the train apart and screws around with Wolverine a bit it gives him some power it's very powerful it's, it's very like you can associate that image of Magneto floating with the cape flowing out behind him, do ripping look, metal in front of him, and just, like, being in complete control of the situation. Yeah. Um, they don't do a lot more than that, though. <laughs> Although, also to pose his
2: earlier point about him doing way too much metal shit for no reason in his, in, his, in his, like, headquarters, there's that one sequence where he goes to, like, the prison cell where they have him you know like like imprisoned yeah and to get there you have to assemble metal plates into a bridge right and then to open the door you have to bend the metal mm-hmm. uh what if magneto's not around what if magneto like calls back and is like hey go get the guy out of the prison cell everyone's like uh sorry dude we <laughs> there's nothing we can do he, he strikes me the bridge as, isn't there
1: it's <laughs> enough of an asshole to be just like i'll figure it
2: out yeah yeah just jump the chasm <laughs> And then, I I guess, just bend the bars
0: (laughs) with the... It also feels like uh, (laughs) a prison which is based on bars which are constantly being bent and unbent is not a good prison. That's going to really destroy the structural integrity (laughs) of those (laughs) bars. Uh, Yeah, but the overall point is that Magneto
2: is played completely wrong in this movie. Xavier, I think, is played pretty well, although he could be a lot smarter.
0: He makes a lot of dumb calls for a make-level. I think, like, the real villain in this film is just stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. they. There are countless times they could have stopped any of this from happening and they just never do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say that that and Coincidence, maybe, are the greatest enemies of this film. Oh, boy. Uh,
2: but, I, I mean, Poe, you too, I mean, are, there, are there any villains you would have preferred to have
0: seen besides... I mean, Tyro oh. probably would yeah. have been a better... Ver- just because he's... A, a, character that can control fire is a much more interesting villain there's more you can do with them in a fight uh i mean if Sabretooth had been more saber toothy he would have been okay yeah. but i mean the original brotherhood of evil mutants is like i mean like the blob is one of them you that's a hard that's sell. a hard sell you yeah could have substituted you the
1: blob for Sabretooth in this movie and had the exact same effect yeah he was like a big doofus
0: that is the other thing almost all the characters in this film are interchangeable they, they don't really serve a function in and of themselves. They don't have, like, an arc. Like, if you look, like, Cyclops, what's his arc in the movie? Yeah. Nothing. He starts out as the leader of the X-Men. He ends as the leader of the X-Men. Yeah, he loses his motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> that's his arc. Jean, Jean Grey, no arc. Yep. Storm, no arc. Professor Xavier, no arc. Magneto, no real arc, other than he gets arrested. He doesn't learn anything. So, I mean, really, the only person who gets anything is Wolverine, and all he gets is to know that there's a base in canada that he needs to go investigate and that's not really there is no journey of any character in this film there's no growing and they don't set you up hard enough for wolverine being a lost soul
2: they just show you him in in canada being wolverine Mm -hmm. so when when they they show him oh here's where your past is from i didn't immediately go yeah all right filing an answer to that internal question i'm just like oh is that is that what he was after oh all right I, like yeah, <laughs> you know it's, the, it's
0: not it's not
2: like a like thrilling conclusion to anybody's story
0: yeah they don't really explain that he doesn't remember what's going on it almost seems like he just has ptsd yeah the only thing they give you is that dream sequence where he's which looks like ptsd yeah i mean it doesn't yeah. look like he doesn't know what happened it looks like he's been traumatized by what happened yep. so you're yeah. like oh he
1: just needs to therapy that's definitely something that speaks louder to someone familiar with the character and the history yeah again that's another part of those denny's parking lot conversations
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i mean this film was 100 percent marketed towards people who weren't just x-men fans i mean there was there's definitely stuff in there that you would have to know to be an x-men fan but if you walked into this movie you could watch it and not know anything about the x-men oh
1: man if you look at the trailers for this movie it's loaded with like late nineties techno music oh, is man. fantastic. Um, There's
2: a theme in our in our episodes that we've covered so far. The, these two movies is with the worst
0: trailers
1: I've ever seen. I don't know when it's gonna stop.
0: Uh, but oh, I didn't watch. I didn't actually watch the trailer for this one. I'm still recovering from Batman.
1: Part, part of the the impact that X Men had um, was the audience responded better than they had thought they would, uh, and that's because I think they underestimated. How many people would actually drag somebody out to see that? Now, the numbers did drop pretty quickly after the first week or two. But outside of the normal demographic, uh, they got a lot more people buying tickets to see the movie that yeah, uh, were not a white 18 year old boy. Yeah, they have a kind of a Latin. A lot of Latin. Just uh, the X Men represent minorities, like ostracized people. Yeah, ostracized people. Ostracized yeah. people.
0: It represents minorities by casting all white people. In well, theme,
1: Pogues! You know, what's funny is they, they're really... In their theme, they're still sticking it to those damn minorities. If if, uh, if you pull up anything in the movie, they're always proud about the international cast. <laughs> like, a lot of people are white, but they're not all from America. Uh, <laughs> and they,
0: that's really not how
1: that works, they, though. They, 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 they try to apply that. It's like, oh, well, the X-Men come from all over. Yeah, like England. Yeah, like, you know, uh, they... Other, other empires of white it people. Dutch and, and yeah. you know. Uh, Canadians,
2: if you can consider. <laughs> yeah, some some Canucks in there. Really broadens the spectrum.
1: Because uh, you great. never equate, but yeah, but, but, you yeah. never equate
0: Canadians with being super
1: white. But the extra audience, I think, definitely helped the studios consider this a property to retain and put more effort into.
0: Yeah, well, it looks like they put less into it as it goes on. <laughs> well, well, not not to
2: get ahead of ourselves in episodes or anything, but if I recall most people like this the second movie a lot more.
0: Yes, but it's actually not that great. That's fine. Fu- it's it's, it's, it's better it. than this film. But, but but I
2: think the one thing that that movie does, not to get too much into it, uh, that this movie doesn't do, is there's so much creative power usage in X Two. Oh yeah, like, like like Magneto pulls the pins on grenades. He uh, Night Nightcrawler has an incredible White House sequence.
1: Then that you can probably argue that they had more time and money to sure. do these things nobody uses their powers in a cool way in this movie like 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 cyclops is constantly trying to um, not use his lasers there's this great ridiculous scene that they just slip in of cyclops using his powers against discs being thrown at him oh, by yeah jean gray yeah with her telekinesis and she's, like, in full costume, like, in the backyard yeah. of the X-Mansion. So, like, it, it for no even, reason. It doesn't
2: even look like the, ex, the,
1: ex, uh, the backyard of the of the X-Mansion. It looks like the backyard
2: of, like, my house. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's just like a, a barbecue. Like, everyone's like, I want them to pan to the left. And they would be like, come on now.
1: We're trying to clean up. every time I see that, I always think, God, those guys must have been so hot in those outfits <laughs> filming that.
2: They got dressed for the party and yeah. wanted to show up i didn't even consider that but like like there's no sequences where someone's doing something cool storm apparently forgets her powers all the time mm. she's constantly befuddled in every sequence and when she does get the chance to use them she just casts lightning she just gets no lightning,
0: please she makes a lot of fog over the bay yeah. so that people can't hear <sighs> a jet that's even at least a little bit better but like the rest of the sequence is,
2: like uh, Wolverine just—I mean, I, I kind of like how he f- hurls himself around, but he never does anything that exciting or anything. And and, and Rogue doesn't even use her powers offensively ever. And and yeah,
1: they don't really weaponize
2: her. They don't weaponize her. And Xavier just like stops a bullet and tries yeah. to stop Magneto and fails horribly, I can and then goes into out a
1: coma. Like, if he doesn't stop the bullet, I Magneto stops. Yeah, all right. And, and you think, true. well, maybe it's Jean Grey because she's driving fresh X round, but line. No. she's lying. just the driver. Yeah, she's just the driver. <laughs> Shut up. Like all women. What is she yeah, doing? Just, just get in the background of this movie, lady. She she hovers toad once. Is that it? No, just... she straightens out Wolverine when he's flying. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> i don't even want to talk about that scene.
2: let's just move on (laughs) point point being that nobody does anything cool with their powers
0: well what's great about that scene where she says where they're like can you fly us up there and she's like well that's not how my power works i can't just fly you up there accurately it's like i just saw you five minutes ago fly up an elevator shaft under perfect control what do you mean
1: that's not how your power works it just worked that way. Maybe they're just messing with Wolverine. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, yeah, they got to break him in.
2: Like he jumped up there, and they're all just chuckling.
0: <laughs> well, in in the scheme of comic book movies, uh, how how do you how do you rate this so far in the two we've seen? Which one do you think is a better movie?
2: You know what? Honestly, I I, I had more fun with Batman. I, I know we I know we trashed it, but
0: uh. yeah, I I found that even though I trashed Batman, it was fun to watch i enjoyed watching it and the, the cheesiness this movie i was just like oh god i, I really just forgot how bad yeah like. the, the script's bad the dialogue's bad a lot of the acting's bad the story makes ze- i mean this makes the the plot to batman look really well thought out and Batman felt I mean, genuine
2: i think it felt like someone yeah. was trying really hard they were misguided and they and they had a lot of script edits that caused a convoluted mess but there was, like, a lot of, like, hope and genuine,
0: earnest, like... Well, what I think happened with Batman is they put people in charge who didn't know anything about Batman, and in X-Men, they just put, like, one guy in who knew enough about it to try to cram it all into a movie with not enough supervision for anyone to understand what was going on. Yeah, and this is why it sounds like Brian's, like, someone just shouted a brief description of the
2: various x-men to brian singer as he drove past in a car yeah. <laughs> like it, it was an elevator yeah, pitch just, okay laser guy uh the laser guy storm powers i don't know <laughs> he's like uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. okay <laughs> i got it i got it
0: all right well i think that's it for for x-men um is there anything else that anybody want to mention real quick before we go um no, no, I think, I
2: think just the last thing I was thinking of is, is, is why wasn't Rogue the main character of this, of this movie?
0: Oh, she was. You just wouldn't know it because she has no ability to affect the outcome of the film. She's
2: not, she's not even remotely in any of the scenes, really. She's just briefly zipped
1: out. No, but she is eventually. The, she's supposed to be like, the she's like the linchpin of the movie. She's supposed to be the audience's conduit. Right. And those characters are always, to me, the most, the least interesting and, and, um. The least effective, just the hollowest vessel. Really obvious. No, but it
0: seems like someone thought she should be the conduit, which well, I think is a good well, idea. I, I, I think this is also a uh, sort of a symptom of two thousand, early two thousand filmmaking, where this film, the studio was like, this is a movie that men are going to go see.
1: We're targeting yeah.
0: a male demographic. That's true. So we don't need. But but put in the- we don't need the women to have agency. We don't need a Scarlet Witch. We don't need a woman who could stand alone. But for some reason, we refuse to let but it. Women are super you know I mean? weak in this movie. That's true. They're written so poorly in this film. I mean, not like not not that the men are written any better. I mean, right. nobody in this movie really is written well. But
2: like the, but, but we, we put so much attention on like Wolverine and the other dude yeah, characters. They're in this movie.
1: very patronizing to Jean Grey in the whole movie.
2: Yeah, and like Wolverine's put into this, and, 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 and someone sat down and said, "Okay, we need a cipher." We, and when you have a cypher, you always have someone who's someone new to to a situation so that they can learn about it and you can learn about it in the right. same time. Why would you not go with the new mutant to the school, Rogue, and instead went the oldest mutant alive, Wolverine? <laughs> Why? He
0: doesn't remember that he's old.
2: Yeah. It feels like at this point, they should have spoken to Wolverine ages ago. Like Xavier's- Well, they
0: did. Don't you remember in first class? They meet him.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. But it...
0: Xavier forgets that I guess somehow I forgets know.
2: that, or he's just being a dick. But somehow they use him instead. Now, now, granted, his his character and his actor are pretty cool, so I, I don't I don't hate seeing him on screen that much. But I, I feel like he had an opportunity to really have the perfect character to to, to drive your movie, and you just threw her in prison for half the film. It's just such a bummer of a choice,
0: honestly. Yeah, she she is very wasted, and they try to up her a little in X Men Two, but she's pretty wasted in that too. She's just.
1: They they did do a thing, initially with Rogue that I thought they pulled off pretty well. Where she's just scared, completely shitless of what's happening to her, mm. and um, doesn't really know how to interpret or handle the situations she's in. Even when she gets to Canada, she's still like a kid. Lost. Yeah.
0: yeah she's she's. Unfortunately, though, she's like that till the end of the movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a good point.
0: Her her third act is her screaming from the torch help me please someone help yeah. me yeah yeah that's it she's just uh a, a damn's the definition of a a damsel <laughs> Literally in a
2: tower yeah
0: she is tied to a device which is about to kill her <laughs> i mean it, it she is so next level pointless and i i don't know if i noticed it the first time when i watched it in the theater but watching it this time i began to become like annoyed and almost like angry i was just like oh just make her do something give her some it is a shame let her say something that has some effect give her something to do but but it goes back to my original
2: point and at the beginning of the movie was making way more intelligent choices in the end because in the beginning they were setting up an interesting character with Rogue kind of where she's learning all this stuff right and then Wolverine is you know is, is doing a good job being a, you know Hugh Jackman's doing a good Wolverine and there's, there's a lot of good choices initially and then it just seemed like they said oh we'll just phone in, in act two and three that was the part that bummed me out is I was like rewatching it I was like, "Hey, maybe we're in for no." Never mind. Never mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there could have been a good movie in here. Yeah. it just will never come. But out. there isn't. What? Well, ah, there is. Once, not
2: once it. we establish uh, uh, a rating system, like you know, what, uh, uh, how many Stan lees out of ten Stanleys to give this? Would you apply that to the Batman movie, though? <laughs> yeah, I would,
0: just to infuriate our <laughs> listeners. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, if I was to say, if we were to do that, let's. Well, maybe we should say that. We can think of a better next Patrick. mini episode. <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's try to come up with something for the next minisode, which I still am annoyed, I have to say. Um, well, that, I think that's it for, uh, for this episode. If you had comments or opinions, if you disagreed with us or you can't believe we didn't mention something or whatever, leave us a message on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com, N-A-O-S pod. Uh, that's also our Twitter page. Or you can get the show from SoundCloud at soundcloud.com and pod. We're also available through Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, someone named Segioki uh, gave us a five-star rating and wrote a little review on iTunes. So whoever you are, which I think I know who you are, we appreciate that. Uh, iTunes has a very weird system in which uh, if you can't get ratings, they basically will not – they try yeah. to lower you in searches as much as possible. Like you're a Yeah. They, they – yeah. So that's it. Please comment. If you uh, comment, leave messages for us. We'll, pro- we'll bring them up on the mini-episode and talk about them. Uh, if you have a second opinion or you want to tell us that we, we missed something or that we're stupid and we didn't know this about the X-Men, which is probably going to happen. Yeah. If you have an uh, itemized list of things we got wrong, send them all to
2: Post directly. In fact, visit him in person uh, at his job or, or his home and, and, yeah,
0: yeah, and just, just, and come just shout them at
1: him. Tell him that he has to go to the moon forever. Yeah,
0: forever. Make sure that the forever's written on there, but not too big, because you want moon to have most of the real estate. We gotta. If you have that picture, please send it to me, because I want to put that on the Facebook. Uh, Tom apparently does not use social media, and when I asked him if he had anything, he said, no, I don't have anything that exciting, which I found interesting. If he'd ever seen my Twitter page, he would know what the definition of not exciting is. Uh, Ben... Where is a place people can go and tell you they think you're funny and I won't have to see
2: I them? am at The Disco Pony. Uh, you can go ahead and write all your comments about how amazing I am on the SoundCloud link uh, so posts can see them front and center. Uh, I'm also—you <laughs> can read some of my uh, old journalism and current journalism and other writings at therealbenchapman.com. Uh, that about covers it.
0: And, and where do you live? Because I don't, I don't know if we know. I live in the Windy Apple that never sleeps. Oh, excellent mm-hmm. now I, i'm gonna need you guys to hold on to your butts because i've got something big right oh. now i have a real life plug oh not this is not to tell you to follow me uh anyone in the southwest ohio area or anywhere nearby i will be at tricon this saturday august 22nd at the columbus fairgrounds you can come out it's a comic show there's going to be tons of vendors artists all sorts of people uh it's going to be a cool show it's first time it's in Ohio, so try to swing out and support it. I'll be there selling art. If you come by, say hello. But if you come by, I'll probably know you. So that's it. That's my plug. You can also follow me on Instagram to look at my drawings of boobs and
1: superheroes. Accurate. Uh. And sometimes, boobs on superheroes. I did, I did think of uh, one thing I could plug. What's that? Well, um, my comic book store that of I'm course. associated with, Grand Cracker Comics. I uh, I'm more associated with one in downtown Chicago. Yep, but they have ten stores now, all throughout the state of Illinois, and one in Wisconsin.
2: It's a classic store. There I mean,
1: every major convention throughout the nation, you can find stuff there, and, and a lot of good knowledgeable people there. Um, a lot of unknowledgeable people there, but they'll be happy <laughs> to talk to you. It's where Patton Oswalt
2: buys his comics, if I'm not
1: mistaken. That's true. Yeah. Every time he comes to town, and he's a Marvel guy, and he always knows what's going on. Yeah true. Alright, well there you go guys, that's it.
0: Um, until, you know, on the next mini-sode we'll, we'll talk about the next film we're going to watch, which I don't know if Ben has an idea of one, but I do not. Uh, so we're going to have to come up with something for that. So. I, I can give you that. idea.
2: Yeah, alright. We'll, we'll talk about it after the episode.
0: And, uh, again, we'll, uh, thanks for listening. Leave us some comments, show us some love, let us know that, that people actually know who we are. Thanks for listening.
2: And always remember, toads don't work like that.